from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday, November 7th, 2022. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. What you need to know to start off your week in under 10 minutes. That's the goal. Typically, we get under 10 minutes. Sometimes we go slightly over, but nonetheless, um, we've got a packed show for all y'all this morning, so we're going to get right into it. But before we do, if you don't kick off your Monday with a good cup of coffee or whatever it is that powers you through, tea, uh, water, Celsius, Red Bull, whatever it is, your beverage of choice, because that's how you should kick off a Monday, with your beverage of choice so that you can power through this week. Coffee cup cheers. Let's have a great week, y'all. I should. All right. We'll kick off this morning's show with nation state attacks on critical infrastructure soaring, according to the Microsoft Digital Defense Report that was published last week. Nation state attacks on critical infrastructures have soared largely to cyber Russian operations targeting Ukraine and its Eastern European allies. Between June of 2020 and June of 2021, 20% of all nation state attacks observed by Microsoft were aimed at critical infrastructure. That percentage increased to 40% in the period between July of 2021 and June of 2022, with an increase really around the time Russia began its military campaign in the Ukraine. Uh, many of these attacks are attributed to there that increases specifically there. Um, Russia targeting Ukraine and many of its allies, um, as well as attacks targeting the Russian infrastructure as well. Um, you know, that's often not spoken about, but Russia has accelerated its attempts to compromise IT firms as a way to disrupt and gain intel from the firms, uh, government agencies, customers in NATO member countries. 90% of all Russian attacks. Uh, that were detected over the past year targeted NATO member states and 48% of these attacks targeted IT firms based in NATO countries. Iran actors have also escalated bold attacks following the trans, uh, presidential transition there and in the U.S. The new hardline president in Iran has vowed to not bend the knee to the West, so we may have to bring him to it. Uh, North Korea has continued targeting financial and technology companies as well in an effort to steal crypto and finance that regime there as well that's under significant um, um, sanctions. So, you know, you look at this because you're starting to understand how cyber warfare is really transitioning. And it's critical infrastructure now. It'll shortly start becoming more and more economical because economical warfare is how you know, this is kind of going to develop and cybersecurity is definitely going to be the weapon of choice for economic warfare. Uh, you're not going to see military blockades, blocking shipping containers. Not yet. That'll be the last piece uh, before, before an all-out conflict. Canadian Maple Leaf Foods confirms the system outage is linked to a cybersecurity incident. Maple, Leaf's, Maple Leaf Foods uh, confirmed that it's currently experiencing a system outage linked to a cybersecurity incident. Um, They've taken immediate access, have engaged recovery experts. Not much uh, on the reason for it. I tried to find a little bit more information, but not much could be found there. So Maple Leaf Food uh, experiencing a cyber event and um, 
We hope that they'll be able to resolve that soon. Robin Banks Phishing Service for Cyber Criminals has returned with a Russian server. The phishing as a service platform known as Robin Banks has relocated its attack infrastructure to DDoS Guard, a Russian provider of bulletproof hosting services. The switch comes after Cloudflare disassociated Robin Banks phishing infrastructure from its services, causing a multi-day disruption to their operation. Robin Banks was first documented in July of this year when the platform's abilities to offer ready-made phishing kits to criminal actors was revealed. It was also found to prompt users to enter Google and Microsoft credentials on rogue landing pages, suggesting an attempt on part of the malware authors to monetize initial access to corporate networks for poise exploitation activities like espionage and ransomware. Cloudflare's decision to blacklist its infrastructure in the wake of a public, public disclosure has prompted the Robin Banks actor to move its front end and back into DDoS Guard, which in the past hosted the Altec social network Parlor and the notorious Kiwi Farms. Chief among the new updates introduced is a cookie-stealing functionality in what's seen as an attempt to uh, serve a broader clientele, such as advanced persistent threat groups that are looking to compromise specific enterprise environments, and that's offered for $1,500 per month. So they're back up and alive using Russia hosting services. Microsoft's accusing China of abusing the vulnerability disclosure requirement. I just want to start off by saying the following. Really? Did anyone ever trust the Chinese government in anything where they said they were actually going to do what they, they're going to do? There's not one documented case of that. China's always got an ulterior motive. So there's strict rules around vulnerability disclosure in China. They've got to disclose them to the CAC, the Cyber Space Administration of China. We've talked about this extensively last year. Um, if you go back and watch the episodes from um, May, April, June, July, this was something that I spoke about almost on a weekly basis. Now Microsoft is saying that China is abusing the vulnerability disclosure program in an effort to discover and develop zero-day exploits before they, even before they even submit them to some of those companies. Concerns that the Chinese military would exploit vulnerabilities before reporting them more broadly was an integral part of the investigation and the handling the widespread of the Log4j vulnerability as well as how the Chinese government has sanctioned Alibaba for reporting their vulnerability to Apache first, rather than to the government. The Homeland Security Department Cyber Safety Review Board spoke with Chinese government and did not find evidence that China used its advanced knowledge of the weakness to exploit networks. But then again, this is China we're talking about, masters of deception. There's been no uh, response from China's foreign ministry about Microsoft's claims, but I'm going to take Microsoft for their word on this one. Um, China is definitely behind this, and when we often see that the TTPs for zero days always emulate China's uh, TTPs um, and not somewhere else. Um, so there's that, and this is something to keep in mind. If you do work in China, if you, if you have business in the Indo-Pacific region, you definitely want to keep this top of mind now, especially as you know that these disclosures um, the, that the Chinese could already have developed the tools to take over a zero day that changes the way you respond and behave when getting one. Um, chances are you're probably going to put more people on it than, than you would traditionally. A few weeks ago, we reported on the MetaBank uh, data breach. Well, now they're confirming that 9.7 million customers were compromised in the recent cyber attack. The incident response and ongoing investigation said that it was roughly 4 million customers. Now they're saying it's a total of 9.7 million current and foreign customers. 
and some of their authorized representatives. The figure represents around 5.1 million MetaBank customers, around 2.8 million AHM customers, and around 1.8 million international customers, according to the company. Personal information compromised during the attack includes names, addresses, birth dates, phone numbers, and email addresses, MediBank announced. Um, and then Medicare numbers, passport numbers, and visa details for international students were also compromised there. Um, this is a significant breach, breach for Australia, by the way. 25 million people live in Australia. 9.8 million are uh, vict- or 9.7 million are, are victims of this breach. That's no small feat. That that resembles the scale of Equifax here in the U.S. Um, just just for the sake of clarity. So we see that, folks. That's it for the show today. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow. Thanks y'all for tuning in. You got a story? Anything you you guys want us to see? Talk about? Look? read you can go to our website cyberhubpodcast.com you can always submit anything you want there as well we have, can't tell you how many stories come through me through linkedin and and the website that we definitely take a look at and a lot of times i bring up here on the show so thanks y'all for tuning in make sure to subscribe see you tomorrow until then stay cyber safe we love feedback so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform we